0: Log Talk Radio. I have an emergency. What is your location? Yes, indeed there is. Good morning. Welcome to Rescue Radio. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you for this day. We thank you for the revelation of your truth. We thank you for those who are hungry for that revelation. We thank you that you give us wisdom, counsel, knowledge, and the revelation of Jesus Christ. Father, we thank you for the truth that comes through your spirit, through your word, through the scripture. Thank you, Jesus, for the testimony that you laid down before us when you laid down your life. Thank you for coming to rescue us. Thank you for not backing down from the mission. Thank you for leading us, Lord God, in the ways of truth and righteousness and peace and victory and meaning and purpose, Lord God. We thank you for protection. We thank you for the shields of God around all of us, around our heads, around our bodies, our cells, our brains, our frequencies, and that the enemy cannot get in to tweak, mess with, disconnect, uh, Uh, Jam our circuits, Father God, in our heads and our lives That we will be protected We thank you, Jesus, also that the promise that you've given us That no weapon formed against us will prosper That all of the resistance the enemy sets up in our lives All of the pitfalls, all of the calamities, all the troubles Lord God, uh, can be worked out together for good to those who love God And we thank you that you protect us in our health and safety In our traveling, that we will not take these things for granted but that we give you praise, and we thank you for them, Father God. We thank you for the privilege of praying and for talking with you, communicating, listening, hearing, receiving the revelation of your truth. So, Father God, we ask now in Jesus' name that the testimony of the faithful witness would come to us, that the Holy Spirit would lead and continue to counsel and guide us, and that you lead us as we speak, and may we speak as the oracles of God. May you give us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to understand this revelation. Father God, in Jesus' name, amen.
1: Well, amen. Hey, amen. you
0: know, it takes a revelation. It takes a revelation to live on this planet and to know why we're here and to uh, to do the will of God. So let, we're going to talk today about revelation, what it is, where we get it, etc.
1: Well, sometimes people think of revelation and think, oh, there's the book of Revelation and the Bible. And, mm-hmm. and that means, uh, certainly that's part of it. But sometimes we think of uh, revelation as some, uh, you know, secret uh Discovery somebody makes and it's kind of like an ooh-ooh kind of thing, but really, what a revelation is is simply a it's a revealing or disclosing. Mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. It's something disclosed. It's it's uh, especially a striking disclosure. Like it's like a discovery in other it's a, of something previously unknown mm-hmm. or unrealized. Now it's well, basically not- it's something. It's something or someone. That was there all the time, and all of a sudden you you see, it. You see mm-hmm. it, see it or see them for or
0: recognize what it really yeah, is right.
1: or for who they really are and in the the part two, as far as you know God is concerned, uh, revelation in terms of uh, God is is his his disclosure or manifestation to us, to his creatures, mm-hmm. uh, and, of and, and the manifestation mm-hmm. of who he is and mm-hmm. what his will is. For us, so that that is it's not hidden, you know. in what we see in the Old Testament, or all through Scripture, is a progressive revelation. and something God gradually unfolds and reveals Himself to us.
0: Yeah, my homemade definition kind of enca- encompasses all of that, but it's bringing something that has been hidden into the light. And this mm-hmm. can be revelations regarding relationships, people's character. Uh, the true nature of a situation, what's the, the um, truth underneath a, an accusation, it, and, and it, it's all kinds of things. But with without a revelation, I think it's really clear in Proverbs. Uh, was it twenty nine eighteen? Without a, a revelation, the people perish, or they cast off restraint.
1: Let me let me just yeah uh, read yeah, that for us. It says in um, Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, the first part of it. I'm reading it from the Amplified Bible. Mm-hmm. wheres where there is no vision. Or the vision there is defined as no redemptive revelation of God. Mm-hmm. The people perish. Redemptive or revelation it says of in God. in one translation, mm-hmm. it says the people can't cast off restraint.
0: That's exactly what the New it's King says. It's sort King of anything
1: says. goes. It's sort of basically without revelation, the rev- redemptive revelation of God, there is destruction.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, it says here place. prophetic uh, revelation, prophetic vision. There is no where there, where there is no revelation that people cast off restraint. And I think that then they become reckless, they become careless, they become complacent, they become depressed, they become they we begin to wander without that direction and vision. I think so many of us make decisions, go through our lives, try to solve problems without an answer, without a solution, without a vision, without a revelation, without a and even a, a concept of what the answer should look like. We just kind of plow on through and, and crash our way through things. But um People cast off restraint. We can see that now. We can see that the people are hopeless. The people don't care. The people are sinking down into all kinds of lethargies. And I think it's our sometimes it's our presumpt- presumptions, our assumptions that cause us to to lose that revelation. We have a lack of knowledge. You know, we just don't have all the information, or we have wrong information, or our sources are are wrong. The way we're, where we're looking to get truth, guidance, and direction mm-hmm. these days, there's so many. Corrupted polluted, wicked, vile sources that appear to be helpful and and this goes this is everywhere this is even in, in our in our educational system, in our medical community, uh, in our uh, communities in general, our socialization civilization we're all looking to the wrong sources that we believe are good, they look very well, well put together, but they're and shiny and sparkly and and intellectual, but they're corrupt sources of information, so that false information which is bi- really, it's founded in idolatry. It's founded based on not God, but on our, our creations of God, upon our concept of God, upon our religions, upon our, our self, you know, our self as God. And so when we get this in this place of assumption, presumption, bad information, um, and there's an agenda, it's not just a, you know, it's not just a passive situation here. There is a deliberate diabolical agenda to promote uh, the lack of revelation or, or false information or a, 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 you know, just a false, uh, set a false course for people. So our minds actually get clogged up. And think about it, guys, your mind, what's it doing for you today? Is it just kind of wandering around inside your head and giving you silly, trivial thoughts the things that cluttering up? Are, you know, so many people are cluttered up in their minds of I don't even know what. But it, to me, it seems like useless trivia, you know. Of um, sordid lives, we live other people's lives. We read magazines about the, the stars and the famous ones, and the this and the that, and we're intrigued by something that's not not even true. Um, we're we're caught up in lyrics and, and 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 of smut songs and death songs and suicidal and and the lifestyles of these people who get promoted by Satan to be our leaders. We get Enthralled with their lifestyles, their their suggestions, their lyrics. Um, and, you know, through that, they, it's kind of like this kind of people sing songs, they catch, there's catchy little things. People, are, they can, and it's like, the, you know, their minds are all taken up with a fog that lulls them to sleep. Um, and it, it, it really, we don't realize we're being held captive for slaughter. We're like the animals that are kept up in the, ho- in the holding pens waiting to go to the slaughterhouse, and we don't know it. And we're all fa- full of, you know, fantasies and escapes. And, and that's kind of what's taken over. When there's no revelation, the people cast up restraint. They become um, directionless.
1: Right. Be- become directionless and subject to all kinds of programming. De- 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 of pro- uh, uh, desensitizing programming. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Desensitizing deliberate. to God, to one another. Mm-hmm. It's deliberate. Mm-hmm. It's an effort. It's just really everywhere. So we live in the midst of this we got this information age, and a lot of it is misinformation. <laughs> misinformation. Yeah. It's, it's telling us, you know, yes, we're overloaded, deluged with uh, information yeah. of all kinds. And a lot of it's not very, really helpful for us. It says in First Samuel, the last part of uh, verse 1 of chapter 3, the word of the Lord was rare in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm and there was no widespread revelation.
0: Wow, isn't that true for
1: today? There's no widespread. We're so
0: easily, you know, the things of this world, the things that so easily distract us from the truth, you know, we're willing to seek out the vanity, the entertainment, the excuses we make, the extravagance, uh, self-indulgence, everything, it's all about me, it's all about my rights, it's all about whatever, and and we're just like, like churned here and there, driven and tossed by every wind of doctrine, by every uh, fad, by every influence of the evil one. And we don't even stand still long enough to consider that we're being misled. We're just driven and drawn and, and seduced and, and controlled and, and is persuaded. It's, uh, it's crazy how rare the revelation of God is.
1: Well and uh in most most churches are giving us inform misinformation oh, about God. Dear. You go to even Christian bookstores, you're gonna get a lot of mis you know, attractively mm-hmm. packaged right. misinformation right. about about God, about the word. And so mm-hmm. it's it's really it's like where do you go? It's like it's uh-huh. rare. Uh where is where is the word of the Lord? What? It was rare in those days. And it's rare. It was today? rare in those days. I mean, you could hardly find it, Mm -hmm. you know, and and God's and I believe it's in the book of Amos, Marjorie, where it talks about God was going to send a famine, Mm -hmm.
0: a a famine
1: of of, not of bread, of of, of water, whatever, but of hearing the the words of the Lord. Mm -hmm. Not just the not that the word of the Lord, but two parts of that, the word of the Lord wouldn't be there. And then another part, if the word of the Lord is there, they wouldn't hear it anyway.
0: Well, it's like people are drinking the Kool-Aid. Uh, if you know the old story, the bad, horrible, 2 story of uh, what was it? Jim, Jim Jones. Jones. And he, t- he took this bunch of de- de- devoted followers who were desirous of the things of God. And he seduced them, uh, conditioned them, I guess you would say, through his indoctrination uh, until they picked up and moved off or over into Africa. and uh, they, South America. South America. Sorry, yeah, 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 somewhere over there and kind of set up their own little colony and were their own little world and then he persuaded them that somehow they were going to be invaded there was an invasion coming in to save their lives they had to drink the Kool-Aid which would meant to commit suicide so they wouldn't be brought back into society and and they did and then they were willing and this flood of ignorance is so overwhelming and it's so irresistible i mean the the electronics the devices that mesmerize people's minds their their phones their their screens, they're uh, it's they, they're being cut off from human contact and human communication, uh, and yet and and pulled into another stream of virtual reality, a
1: virtual reality, that, an that, artificial world
0: that is going to be a sh- shocking. I mean, you're going to have to give an account of yourself how you lived in this world, and God isn't going to say, "Well, okay, virtual reality, yeah, I'll let you in." it's it's how do you give an account of yourself when you've escaped and you've i think people do that of course because they believe lies because they've been trained to do that because they don't know anything else uh and because they're they're hopeless and discouraged but the ignorance is overwhelming and it is presented as credibility it is presented as you know cutting uh um cutting edge cutting edge state of the art yeah it's it's presented as as sophisticated as smart uh, as someone who's in the know. But this ignorance is so irresistible. People are like caught up in that. They're eating it like their bread. They're drinking it like their water. They're growing more and more seduted, sedated and diluted. Um, groggy, I think, groggy brain fog, believing lies, believing what the doctors tell you, believing what the newscasters tell you, believing what, you know, everybody but what God says.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know. It's so uh Yeah, and
1: the, and the really the the only chance we have is to have a revelation. A personal revelation. Right. Not just not just oh this is bingo, this is just my idea that pops into my head. Yeah. But an actual breakthrough revelation right. that comes of who from we are God. who
0: God is. Really, yes. who God is and who we are. Those are the two areas where we can we can actually ask for that crap for that you said it's rare but when you find the pool that this of pure clean drinking water and there's corrupted polluted water everywhere else you're going to hang by that pool you're going to stay near to the place where you're receiving the source of life and refreshing but one more thing about the lack of revelation or the loss of the revelation of jesus christ which has really been satan's number one uh effort is to mar discredit uh obscure the revelation of Jesus Christ of His coming again, um, and of course Christmas itself. Christmas. Well, that's probably not a good word to use, but when Jesus Christ came and was born, probably in September, uh, that's what the constellations kind of tell us. That he, he that now is being obscured with all kinds. He's lost in the wrapping paper of of holiday cheer and whatever. You've, we've been there already. We know this, but. But when we don't have a revelation, like you said, it a, a, a a, a brings a snare. The lack of the revelation of Jesus Christ brings a trap, sets a trap for you. Um, it, it overthrows justice. And when people don't have justice, they, be, they lose heart. They, when things are wrong and not fair, they get offended, they get, become bitter, they become, and bitterness begins to set in as inflammation, and they die. Without a vision and a revelation of love, the love of God, the presence of God, the truth is distorted. And it's like children are being taught lies in school every day as their everyday fare. There is no lie here or there. It is a solid menu uh, buffet of lies every day. And it, it, what, do you, what do you eat off that buffet? He, the lack of the revelation of Jesus Christ rewrites history, our, our true history, and, and who are the great men and who are the, the, the scoundrels of our history. Those things are being rewritten. For, and there's an agenda. The lack of revelation mocks God. It holds him in contempt. It's like he doesn't matter. He doesn't need to interfere. He's a busybody, or he's got a big baseball bat, whatever. If if indeed there is a God, um, because that's also part of the option here. You don't have to believe there is a God. So, and it's it's this folly causes us to exalt ourselves, pursue ourselves, define ourselves, you know, at all costs. Cast off restraint. Cast off the fear of God. Says the fear of God is beginning of knowledge, right? Or wisdom.
1: The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, yeah. Yeah. And so...
0: So everything goes, anything goes, Every the most vile things are exalted as desirable, and the innocent are abused. This is what happens when we cast off restraint, when people don't care anymore, when it doesn't matter. Um, and so then we lose our, our footing in the Bible, in the truth of God's Word.
1: Well, there, there was really a, a lack of revelation in the time of the judges in the Old Testament, oh. where... Is one of probably the saddest overall book in the Bible, Mm -hmm. uh, because of just the 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 atrocities Mm -hmm. that were taking place among the people of God. The people who were were supposed to be the people of God. Well, they were they were bad enough. I mean, there was you know. Well, I yeah. think what
0: was bad about that was those were supposed to be the people of God. Nowadays, with the atrocities, the, the uncovering, it's, it, the Bible says everything that's been hidden will be revealed. And I think yeah. even now, in the, almost every day, almost daily, there's an uncovering of another set of a nest of corruption or sin or
1: yeah. pedophilia
0: or lies or distortions. And, and it, but, you know, and that's good to uncover. That's what the revelation, the revelation Jesus gives us is to bring us to freedom, not to bring us to condemnation.
1: Right, right. What I was going to say about the in the book of Judges, yeah. the, the phrase that's repeated. Oh, yeah, there. I know what you're going to say. In those days, there was mm-hmm. no king in Israel, and every man did what was right in his own eyes. Mm-hmm. Everybody just did their own thing. Yeah. And it was it was chaotic. It was destructive. Yeah. And, and, and this is what we what we have today.
0: Well, I believe God carries that same theme all the way through in the book of Revelations. We are Romans. I'm sorry. We started again. It says for the, the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth and unrighteousness. This has been having this is God's forced position since the beginning that the wrath of God has always had to come and make intervention um, against the ungodliness, the the uh, overflowing, the flooding of uh, reckless, ungodless, uh, vile, wicked destruction. And God has had to always come in, step in. He did with the flood, you know, the intervention, Sodom and Gomorrah. And, and therefore, there's there's just been this lack of revelation. It gets so out of hand that God has got to step in with his mercy to do something. And it says in verse 19 of Romans 1, because what may be known of God is manifested, because what may be known of God is manifest in them, for God has shown it to them. So in other words, this truth, the revelation, there's an innate part of our being, the divine part of our nature, divine nature of God created by God, is sensitive to, resonates with, and uh, recognizes the revelation of God, of truth. And this part has been always a part of his creation. It says, for the, for, since the creation of the world, his invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even his eternal power and Godhead. So they are without excuse. Okay, so there's no excuse. The attributes of God, the understanding of God, that we're made in the image of God, this has been clearly set forth. In his word, but of course his word has been maligned and, and hidden and obscured and cast out. But he says, because although they knew God, they did not glorify him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts and foolish in their their foolish hearts were darkened. So without revelation, there's a darkness that comes over people. And when they're doing everything that they want to do in their own, in their own eyes, they lose their sense of even common sense.
1: Right, uh, you know, it, what you're saying there, Psalm 19, verse 1, the heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament shows his handiwork. Day unto day utters speech, and night unto night reveals knowledge. There is no speech nor language where their voice is not heard. So the heavens are speaking, the stars, the mm-hmm, planets, the sun, the, 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 the weather cycle, the mm-hmm, trees. Mm-hmm are really declarations of the glory of God. The human body, fearfully and wonderfully made. So I'm saying that scientists and medical doctors, medical people, should be the strongest believers in the world because they see, they are acquainted with the, the, the miracles, okay. the, the wondrous things mm-hmm. of, of science, the natural order, and the human creation. body. Mm-hmm. But oftentimes many of those are, are atheists.
0: Well, it's like this. It's like uh, the enemy has clustered all of us, so many of us, in these big uh, cities with the skyscrapers and the busy streets and the stoplights and the congestion and the traffic and the, uh, you know, and the promotions and the jobs and the, uh, the 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 bars, the drinking, the nightlife, whatever. He's he's he, and and the trees are not seen anymore. We don't look up and see the clouds. The The sky the stars we look down and we see our iphones and we see our smartphones and we see our you know we don't so what's happening is we're not being able to we're not being we're being deceived satan has turned our eyes away from the the truth of creation professing to be wise they became foolish and changed the glory of the incorruptible god into an image made like corruptible man birds and four-footed beasts and creeping things look at the the orgy, the debauchery, the idolatry, the profanity that we see in our entertainment, in our halftime entertainments, especially like at places like big sports events. The, the profan- Super Bowl, the, the 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 diabolical, profane, deliberate mockery of God in these uh, these perverted uh, displays of entertainment um, this this shows, now you've now set a pretty negative picture here of what's going on, and so why should anybody mm-hmm. want to continue to listen to this?
1: Well, why should people want to continue to listen? That there is a whole lot that we have to right. about, about who we are, what's really going on in the world, mm-hmm. and who God is. Because yeah. in Deuteronomy twenty nine twenty nine, we read the secret things belong to the Lord our God. Mm -hmm. But those things which are revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may do all the worlds of this law. Mm -hmm. So the secret things belong to God. And it it says, too, that he doesn't do it. God doesn't, I think it's Amos chapter 3. He doesn't do anything except he reveals to his servants the prophets. So, There is there's secret. There's things that only God knows that he's not going to let us know about that Mm -hmm. we don't need to know about. But the things that he does reveal, he has Mm -hmm. given us. As we said earlier, it's a progressive revelation of himself in the scriptures.
0: I think that people don't really cry out for the revelation because they don't think they need it or they don't know they don't have it. Um, You know, if any man likes wisdom, the mask of God who gives to all men liberally and abradeth not. This is, not many people are out there coveting wisdom. They're not out there, you know, seeking wise counsel. They're, they're just, that the blind spots that we have in our own lives have so kept us from even realizing that, that we have blind spots. And people don't like to be corrected. They don't like to be told that they're not doing it right. They don't like to be, um, you know, uh, cast into a negative light. They want to see themselves like they want to see themselves and yet before we can really know who we are, we have to know who God is and we have to know his love for us and we have to know that he is he is the revelation that we are are built and meant and and created to seek the revelation of God.
1: Well, it's what you're talking about. You know, who is really seeking wisdom? Okay, we we seek education. Yeah. We seek ways to get ahead in business, yeah. to further our career, yeah. to outsmart yeah. our opponent in sports or yeah. something like that. But here, here's, you know, think of yourself. Is, Ask yourself, is this something that you are doing? Uh, in, in Proverbs chapter 2, my son, if you receive my words and treasure my commands within you mm-hmm. so that you incline your ear to wisdom, in other words, you're listening for wisdom applying your heart to understanding. Yes, if you cry out for discernment and lift up your voice for understanding, if you seek her as silver, as, as a treasure, right, and search for her as hidden treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. So, and for the Lord gives wisdom, from his mouth comes knowledge and understanding. So, there's a cry out for a, a call for wisdom.
0: Right. Oh, is that? I, I
1: really believe yeah. that this is something that if we want the revelation of God, revelation of what's going on, revelation of uh, uh, who we are, mm-hmm. then we are called to be at the place where we cry out for it. We ask. Jesus said, ask and you shall receive. receive. If uh, any man, uh, James chapter one, if any man lack wisdom, just, and we yeah. do all of us lack wisdom. Yeah. And with something that we need uh, about in Proverbs, you know, it's all about wisdom it, it, in all the things and all you're getting, get wisdom that is. And it says, I think in Proverbs, uh, wisdom is the principal thing. And with all that getting, get understanding, get wisdom, get understanding, forget it not. So, We are really needing wisdom. We need to know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and the knowledge of the holy is understanding.
0: Well, we we need to. Hosea speaks uh, of this in chapters um, seven. He says um, they do not consider in their hearts that I remember all of their wickedness. Now their own deeds have surrounded them. There before my face. Somehow we think that God isn't. Look, God, it says, there is none among them, uh, verse 7, who calls upon me. Uh, and because we haven't, aliens have devoured their strength. But he does not even know it. Um, it the, the pride of Israel testifies to his face. But he does not return to the Lord his God, nor seek him in, after all of this. Um, Woe to those who have fled from me. Destruction to them. Because they have transgressed against me, though I redeemed them, yet they have spoken lies against me. They have they did not cry out for me with their heart, when they wailed upon their beds. We you know we even get to the place where we're all under pressure and everything is going really bad, and we cry and we fuss, and and, and curse God in the same breath. Um, this says, my people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. Because you have rejected knowledge, I will also reject you from being priests before me. He's talking to the the, the the Jewish people back in the, in the Old Testament, but that's true for us as well, um, that the, the blind spots that we have, you know, really, seriously, a, a, a brave and courageous and very unusual prayer for us to pray would be something like, Lord, expose to me my blind spots through the power of your Holy Spirit. Show me my blind spots. You know, sometimes you don't like to be corrected by other people. Uh, we don't like to take their... Suggestions and a lot of times we just reject them as they're being jealous or they're being vindictive or whatever. And they don't, they haven't really earned the right of love. They haven't built the road of love in the relationship between us to be able to speak to us, and therefore what they have to say is not received. But for 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 the Lord, I know that He is gentle. He's He's he's, uh, convicting. The Holy Spirit doesn't condemn us. He convicts us, and that He will show us our blind spots, that we're set in our ways. We have personal habits, and and there are lies that we believe that cause us to be hooked in, controlled by, uh, overtaken by these particular, these lies have caused our lives to become binding and difficult, snares to us. Our lives become a snare unto us as we walk in the the counsel of the lies that we believe to be truth. We have patterns. We have traditions. We have attitudes um, that need to be changed, and we don't like to be corrected. We have, you know, um, these things corrupt our vision, narrow our vision, uh, discourage us. They destroy us. We have to be brought into the light. We can't live with the blind spots. So if you don't know if you have blind spots or you think you might have them, uh, which we do, of course, all of us, ask the Lord to show you what those might be. And I think a cool prayer to pray is the one uh, where it says, Lord, keep me from presumptuous sins. Mm Mm-hmm. But in Psalm 139, um, we have a very interesting uh, uh, passage where we're asking the Lord to search us um, in 39, Psalm 39, verse 1. O Lord, you have searched me and known me. You know my sitting down and my rising up. You understand my thoughts afar off. You comprehend my path and my lying down and are acquainted with all of my ways. There is not a word on my tongue, but behold, O oh Lord, you know it altogether. You see, the thing is, when we, to, to be loved, we need to be known. We're not known by many people. There's not hardly anybody that really knows you. Maybe you have one or two people in your life that might know a quite a bit about you or know you or understand you or understand what makes you tick and why you did that and, yeah, that makes sense, and can forgive you for what you did that was rude or Um, inconsiderate or whatever. But this is God who he searches us. He knows everything. He remembers everything about me. He loves a lot of what he sees in me and the things that he doesn't, that are not him, of course, he cannot endorse. But he loves me just like you love your children. He knows if you feel lonely and you feel like nobody knows you, nobody loves you, nobody cares about you, you have one who does. And that is the one that you've probably been shunning and cursing and running from for too long. But he says, um, he says even the words, not even, there's not a word on my tongue. But behold, O Lord, you know it all together. In other words, he knows what you're going to say before you say it. He says, you have hedged me in behind and before. You have laid your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me. It is high. I cannot attain it. In other words, you could t- take that scripture both ways. You've blocked my way. You've cut me off. You've made it hard. You've laid your hand of wrath upon me or, but he says such things are too wonderful for me. So obviously it wasn't a negative hedging in. It wasn't a negative hand upon him. It was the the comfort of God's guiding hand and protection of uh, the hedge of protection that was built around me that God has kept us when no one else knows about us or cares about us or, you know, of what we're going to become or what's going to happen to us. God does. He says, where can I go from your spirit, or where can I flee from your presence? If I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and dwell in the outermost parts of the sea, even there, your hand still leads me. God knows where you are. God knows what's going on in your life. God knows what's going to happen five minutes from now, five days from now, in your life. Your, hand shall, your right hand shall hold me. If I say, surely the darkness shall fall upon me, even the night shall be light before me. Even indeed the darkness shall not hide from you. But the night shines as the day and the darkness as the light are, are, are both the same to you. So there is no place we can hide. There's no place we can get lost from God. There's no place God doesn't know about us. The deepest, darkest dungeon, the prison in your mind, the torment in your mind, the attack of the enemy against, yourself, against your thoughts, uh, against your disposition, against your sanity, all of these things, God knows the war. God knows where you are. And once you know that you're known, you're not alone. Once you know that God knows you, and you are known, then you are loved. And once you know you're loved, you're okay. Because being loved is makes everything okay. Because God, when you're loved, that means God is going to make sure that justice is coming to you, that justice is brought to you, that righteousness and truth and mercy are with you, that you will be understood, that you will be vindicated, that you are his, and that he's 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 the one, finally, who gets to make the final uh, declaration over your life. Um, he says, you you have formed me, my inward parts. You have covered me in my mother's womb. You know, we didn't know we were being formed in our mother's womb. We didn't know we were being brought into, into existence. We didn't know any of that. If God was there. He was there watching over us. He says, I will praise you, for I am fearfully and wonderfully made marvelous are your works and that my soul knows very well how many of us just take all of this stuff and push it aside as nothing trivial your your existence you're being formed in your mother's womb you're being brought forth you're being treated as a human being placed on this planet to walk in righteousness and truth and follow god know god and be part of the kingdom of god and the forces of righteousness how many of us take that as part of the meaning and purpose of our lives
1: you know back the whole issue of uh, the blind spots uh, you know Jesus said, all all of us have these blind spots, mm-hmm. okay and it's not very pleasant a lot of times to uh, when God shows us our blind spots or someone corrects us, God works through someone else to bring a word of correction to us. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, You know, why do you you know say the speck in your brother's eye, this yeah. area of judgment?" When, when there's a, actually different. a plank or a beam it says in the King James in your own eye. In other words, mm-hmm. he said you you've got to get the the beam you've got to get the big <laughs> the big two Colder. by four, the two by six, the two by eight the beam out of your eye in order to see clearly mm-hmm. to take the speck out of your brother's eye. In other words, yes, we can see blind see things in other people that they don't see themselves, but doesn't mean that we should not address that. But at the same time, he says you you you've got to really consider well,
0: he the big showed,
1: blind spots that are that you have. Yeah, he said
0: that. All. He he actually acted that out when they brought the woman taken in adultery to him, and he was yeah. saying, "Okay, you guys, without any beams in your own eye, go ahead. Without sin, you cast the first stone." It's really a uh, an application of that of that very thing. That go ahead.
1: What well, what Jesus said that in uh, John nine thirty nine, he said. For judgment I have come into this world, that those who do not see may see, Mm -hmm. and that those who see may be made blind. Mm -hmm. And then he said, um, uh, Then some of the Pharisees who were with him heard these words and said to him, Are we blind also? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no sin. But now you say, We see, therefore your sin remains. Now there's an old saying that goes something like, there is none as blind as those who think they see. Mm-hmm. You know, so the Pharisees thought, "Oh, we've got this all together. We've got the corner on the knowledge of God." And mm-hmm. what they were—they were blind. He said, "Blind guides. You yeah. strain at a gnat. You—you you yeah. make a big deal about some little thing, yeah. and at the same time, you're swallowing a camel." Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, <laughs> oh pretty, my pretty my! Picture e- e- easy to <laughs> right. You're gulping um, down. So they had major blind spots. And we do, too. And I really believe that, you well,
0: know... We don't like it when the blind spots get exposed. But oh, you know what, we, the hate thing is, we
1: hate you know, that. We hate that, naturally. We get
0: defensive. We take it personal. We, we get wounded. We, we, we react. But, you know, if you don't want other people to expose your blind spots, the easiest uh, and most recommended way to do it is to look into the mirror yourself. Then yeah. the mirror would be the Word of God. As you read the Word of God... Let God's word wa- as water wash over your soul, your mind, your heart, your attitudes. Let the Holy Spirit, say Holy Spirit, expose uh, these things. Because really, those blind spots are not yours. Why do you protect them? Why do you defend them? Those are the works of darkness to keep you in, in bondage. We should, be, we should rejoice when we find or when we re- when something is revealed to us that we were believing was a lie and whether the person who exposed it to us or the circumstance or the word of God, we should actually be grateful that we are now free from a, a lie that was holding us in that place of captivity.
1: A common prayer should be asked. We talked about earlier about crying out for wisdom. Another prayer that we should be crying out is like in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, Search me, O God, mm-hmm. and know my heart. Try me and know my anxieties, and see if there is any wicked way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. Now, God does search us. He's He's the searcher of the heart. He knows us way better. He He knows us perfectly. But what I think what he's saying here is that, Lord, show me, and I want to see these things. You, In other words, expose you're searching, yeah. you're knowing, expose them to me so I can be free you know, that ex- to, be, to walk in the way everlasting.
0: Right, and that exposure, uh, that searching of our heart, comes through the trials. It comes through the exposed, being exposed to offenses, injustices. It, it, it comes in our reaction. God shows us our reaction to these things. And, and that exposing is what we need. We need to see that so that we can be set free. But so many times we have embraced these blind spots as if they were ours. You know, uh, we get offended. We get defensive. We make excuses. We become retaliatory. We, you know, fight back. Well, what about you? That sort of thing. When, when someone is saying something to you that you know is the truth, then it would be best to just say, you know what? You're right, and stop trying to defend this dark spot, this black spot, this blindness in you, because really it's God's mercy that we get this opportunity to let the light come in. Uh, and so if people would be courageous enough, confident enough, to stop trying to defend themselves and try to hide who they really are because they think that they're really bad, because that's a lie, shame says, oh, don't let any, I'm embarrassed, don't let anybody see I'm bad, I've got the secret hidden, blah, 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 sin. As long as you keep it hidden in the dark, there is no revelation, there is no freedom. The be- and that's why God says to confess it. Confess your faults one to another, pray for one another. Now this means you have to, I believe, you don't go confess it to everybody. You can confess it to whoever it's pertinent to or confess it to a confessor. Uh, someone who will pray for you and won't judge you. Someone who will release you and bless you and encourage you to walk away from that prison. And that that lie. So don't be defensive when people and, and be con- be kind when you want to judge someone else and, and lay on them a heavy, uh, you know, judgment and, and, and you know, uh, I don't know, whatever, just scrutinize them and find fault with them. Be very careful, because number one, you do not know the whole story. None of us know the whole story about anything We have a very good foundation of the story when we read the word of God and we listen to what God says. Then we have a very good foundation, but particular situations in people's lives, you don't know why they're like that. You don't. And and so the the best approach to people who are difficult or unloving or rejecting or angry or bullying, the best approach to them is mercy and kindness, mercy and love, forgiveness, forgiveness and seeking to understand them and to understand what happened to them so you can actually pray for them in a way that will help them. We're here to help and love, forgive and love. Those are the two things Jesus said to do. New new commandments here, love and forgive. This is a commandment that you love one another, and in doing that you have to do a lot of forgiving. And so, uh, again, this is a revelation. When you start asking God to show you why that other person is acting like that, whether it's a very rude, abusive mate or a, a, a child who's rebellious, don't, don't just judge them for being rebellious or abusive or, or narcissistic or whatever. Begin to say, Lord, why? What What's is the, the lie? Yeah. What's, What's the, the lie? Yeah. lie that they're believing that has brought them to this, and, and been, they've been captured by a demon of narcissism or a demon of rebellion? You know, the thing is, we, we attribute the demons to the humans. When you see a person acting out under the counsel of a spirit of rebellion or control or, or meanness or cruelty or alcoholism, or whatever, you see them acting out, you begin to attribute that behavior to them because we are under the counsel of the evil one who, and we make our decisions believing that we are what we do. Jesus very clearly said, do not make the mistake of judging people uh, by appearances. Don't make your conclusions, judge people or situations by appearances. Don't do that, because Satan has a lot of smoke and mirrors out there that he can set up to make it look like something it's not. And at the same time, uh, you know, when we're judging people, what about us? You know, Lord, you know, have mercy on me. Uh, Restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, lest we also be tempted, Galatians six one. So, again, this revelation versus blind spots, I think that's kind of what we're kind of kind of going into. It's this kind of reducing down to, do you want the revelation of Jesus Christ and truth and freedom? And are you courageous enough to get it? Because a lot of times when the revelation comes, you and I, we have to let go of the lie, the mindset, the preconceived ideas, uh, the strategies that we've used to survive. Um, you know, so many people are forming hate hatred uh they're building their lives and platforms on i hate you i don't like you i don't like that you're wrong this is not the way you're going to build a stable life by hating things it's not by hatred that we define ourselves it's by love and so by loving not now love does not mean i accept every bad brutal ungodly thing at all You know, I love you. I don't like, I can hate your behavior and still love you. That is possible because if you believe that the person is separate from their their behavior. However, Satan wants to mush the two together so that you have to judge or accept the person based on their behavior or accept the behavior because of, you know, because you put them together. Whereas if you separate them, you can say, Oh, I love you. You've been deceived by a spirit of, and then fill in the blank. I love you. you. There's a blind spot here. You don't see it. And then you can, it says, he who wins souls is wise. You have to be wise in the revelation of God in order to, number one, be set free yourself and walk in that freedom, and secondly, help anybody else to be set free.
1: I think of the story of the uh, prodigal son. Uh In verse 17, you know, he went, you know, he got the money. He was kind of greedy. He said, I want to take off. I want to be funky and free and do my thing and kind of live the playboy lifestyle. Mm -hmm. Uh, But he ended up in the pig pen, you know, feeding pigs. And he was hungry. He he was just thinking, man, if I could just eat some of the stuff the pigs are eating or the stuff the pigs have rejected. In verse 17, it says he came to himself. Oh, I love
0: that. He came to himself.
1: That's what happened. He got a revelation. Mm -hmm. Really? The lights went on for him. He Mm -hmm. saw something that he hadn't seen before. And it took a lot of difficult circumstances for him to come to that place. But he came to himself. He says, basically, he's saying, what am I doing here? Mm -hmm. I could be home. I could be with father's house. I could have plenty to eat. I I, I could be fine. And he said, I'm going to get up.
0: He, yeah, he I'm, wasn't thinking he could just go back and walk in the front door. He was willing to go and be with the servants, wasn't he?
1: Yeah, he said, I'll, I'll, I'm, he says, I'm not even worthy to be called your son. Let mm-hmm. Make me one of your servants. And what did the father do? He welcomed him as yeah. his son. As he was. Which he was. That was his true identity mm-hmm. as the son. And he, they, they made Mary. They had the party. Uh, the, he didn't
0: understand the power of the privilege of being the son because if he would have been a servant who had went prodigal and came back he would have not received the the the, the open door treatment as a son but mm-hmm. this young man did not he despised his true identity as true in here as being the the son of the father this is the same problem for us we we despise the most precious thing we have which is being sons and daughters of the most high god we disdain that we cast that off for our prodigal living and then to get back what we lost or what we threw away. Actually, we didn't lose it. We threw it away. We have to humble ourselves. That man could have said, well, my dad's going to be really ticked. He's not going to let me in. You know, I'll have to eat humble, uh, keep crow. Everybody's going to laugh at me. I I think I'll just, you know, stay here. Um, But he was very courageous and probably very desperate. And he did not find a place of bitterness in his heart to find fault with his father which is why so many people don't come back. They find a place to blame their human father or mother, and that makes them feel like they can't come back. They don't want to come back. They're never going to come back. I'll show you, I'll, sh- I'll prove to you that you were a, a, a wicked or corrupt parent. And they stay mad and stay cut off all their life. That's not, it's not worth it. Nothing is worth going to hell over. Nothing is worth losing out on the most precious, powerful thing that you have. And that is your relationship with the heavenly father with jesus christ um and and even in in uh, john chapter 14 we have this same kind of lack of revelation and and confusion as jesus is preparing to go to the cross we see it in his disciples in john 14 he says um uh, verse 5 said to him lord we do not know where you are going and how can we know the way because jesus had just said to them "Um, i go to prepare a place for you if i go to prepare a place i will come again receive you to myself that where i am there you may be also where i go you know and the way you know and thomas says we don't know we don't get it we don't what are you talking about this seems like like we can't get this we don't have we don't know what you're talking about and jesus said to him them him i am the way i'm the truth the life no one comes to the father except through me if you had known me you would have known my father also And from now on, you know him and have seen him. So Jesus is saying, you know him, you know me. Um, And then Philip says, Lord, we don't get it. Show us the father and it's sufficient for us. He's still not getting his concept of being in the relationship related to uh, the, the coveted reason why Jesus came to the earth in the first place was to rescue these men, to rescue us, to bring us safely home to that place he's prepared for us. And they didn't get the bigger picture. They were just thinking, right now, you know, we are walking around these roads. We're healing people. We're multiplying bread. We see Jesus walk on the water. We're excited every day to see what new thing he's going to do. The people love us. We're getting more popular. You know, I don't know where this is all going to go, but maybe at some point we'll be, you know, able to rule the country. That's about as high high up as they were going in their thought pole, uh, mind. But anyway, he says, um, Philip says, we don't know. Show us. And Jesus said, have I been so long with you, and yet you have not known me, Philip? know me, Philip? He who has seen me has seen the Father. So how can you say, show us the Father? Um, do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father in me? The words that I speak to you, I do not speak on my own authority, but my Father who dwells in me does the works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father in me, or else believe me for the sake of the works themselves. Most assuredly I say to you, he who believes me, the works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go to my Father. Whatever you ask in my name, I will do it, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, here's, here's amazing opportunity to do great works, greater than even what Jesus himself was doing, ask anything in his name, but we had before we can do that, we have to believe. Now, not just believe that Jesus died on the cross, that Jesus is the Son of God. But to believe that he's in the Father, and also as he ends up saying, um, uh, in that day you will know that, verse 31, but um, that you may know that I love the Father and the Father, well, that's where he's actually saying he's going to go do the will of his Father, but he says that he who has my commandments and keeps them is he who loves me, and he who loves me will be loved by my Father, and I will love him and manifest myself to him. He says, verse 20, and at that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. Now, until that revelation comes to us, I think that's the ultimate revelation right there. I'll read it again, verse 20 of John 14. At that day, you will know that I am in the Father, and you in me, and I in you. That is powerful. That means that if we understand that, we will, he said, you'll be able to do the works I'm doing, greater works than these asking, he says, you'll be just like, be able to do what I'm doing, because you'll know that I am in you, and you are in me, through the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit's dwelling in us, and he is Christ in us, the hope of glory, if you will, and he's bringing us, leading us into all truth, and that we're all together in the Father, that we're all one, basically, in this in this relationship, we're loved, we're known, we're, we've got a home together, God's got a vision, he's got a revelation, he's got a mission, Jesus is on this mission. And once they catch that, they have the final revelation that will allow them to do these powerful things and and pray and do mighty things in the name of the Lord.
1: Well, he has seen me, has seen the Father, Jesus said. Mm -hmm. And God in the different times revealed himself, which says in the first uh, few verses of Hebrews chapter Mm -hmm. 1, he revealed himself in various ways at various times through the prophets. And he said, "Now in these last days, yeah. he's spoken to us through his son. Mm-hmm. So the revelation of God comes through Jesus Christ, yeah. and and, and,
0: uh, and the revelation of Jesus Christ brings everything that we
1: need. Uh, right, and that that is that is the key. That's a key revelation. And you know, and and you think of the role of the Holy Spirit because it's not just us." Trying to figure it out. Figuring it out yeah. or coming up with the right information or something. He says, uh, Jesus said in John sixteen eight, he said, when he has come, referring to the Holy Spirit, he will convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, of sin because they do not believe in me, of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more, of judgment because the ruler of this world is judged. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into all truth. What, what's it saying? He'll bring you, you love into love. revelation of the truth. Mm-hmm. The truth is always there. It's just like we don't see it. But the Holy Spirit will guide us into all truth. For he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you things to come. He will glorify me, for he will, he will take of mine and declare it to you. Right. So he's the the Holy Spirit is depend to to convict us to make us aware of our sinfulness of of true righteousness and who Jesus Christ really is who really who and who we are in Him through the Word of God through the Scriptures through the Holy Spirit and sometimes it's 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 over time it's progressive at the same time when the illumination comes or the revelation comes it's like oh wow I yeah. see it
0: a lot of times Jesus would make these very difficult spiritual concepts. He would put them into a parable. And I think the one he used here in John 15, which is in the middle of this section is I'm the vine and you are the branches. And you and I, we get that as the branch is hooked into the vine, it is receiving the life source, the the nurturing the nourishment of the vine. And it is, and the vine is actually the, the life of the vine is defining the branch and out of that relationship comes the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy. And I believe that's kind of what he's saying here. We're, and and he, he says his father's the husband, husbandman or the gardener, or the you know. So the father is watching over the fruit tree, or the tree, and Jesus is the tree, and we are the branches. And out of our relationship comes the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy, um, which are the, the desirable fruits. That even in the midst of this very wicked world where all the fruit seems to be bitter and selfish and in, uh, offensive and unfair, the fruits of righteousness, peace, and joy can be ours. And, I, and so for us to seek, ultimately, you'll know if you have the revelation of Jesus Christ by the fruit that's coming out of your life. Jesus said, by their fruits you shall know them. And uh, a, bad, uh, a thistle doesn't bring forth grapes. Uh, so buy their fruits. Buy, look at your Allow the Holy Spirit to show you. Look at your own fruit. If you're willing to lay down your life for someone else, if you're willing to shut your mouth and pray for them instead of criticize them, if you're willing to look at the blind spots and, and let the Holy Spirit show you and not be defensive and, and be be humble in this matter and not defensive, then you've got good fruit. That's good fruit going on in your life.
1: Right. And Paul is very grateful for this revelation. He says in 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for it is the God who commanded light to shine out of darkness, who has shown in our hearts Mm -hmm. to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. And then what he prays in Ephesians chapter 1 is so, so wonderful, so powerful. And he says, starting with verse 15, he says, Therefore I also, after I heard of your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love for all the saints, I do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. What, and what's the prayer? That the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. So what's, what's going to happen when you have this? In verse 18, the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what are the riches of the glory of his inheritance and the saints, and what is the exceeding greatness of his power toward us who believe according to his own mighty power, which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at his right hand in the heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but also in that which is to come.
0: And Paul practically, practically tells us about this as he goes on in chapter 3 of Ephesians where he says, And verse 1 For this reason, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if indeed you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God which was given to me for you, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote before in a few words, by which when you read you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men, as it now has been revealed. By the spirit to his holy apostles and prophets, that the Gentiles should be heir, fellow heirs of the same body and partake of his promises in Christ through the through the gospel of which I became a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given to me by the effective working of his power. in other words, he's saying the Gentiles was a whole group of people that had been overlooked in the Old Testament, not really, but they the, the focus had been on the jews, the hebrews the the Jacob, and his sons as carriers of the true promise of God. And now Paul is saying here, I have got a a revelation from God that he also wants to include the Gentiles. I just received the memo and it's a brand new thing. It's exciting Mm -hmm. that everybody can be in on this. They should be fellow heirs of the same body. So Paul in spending time with God got a revelation that guided the rest of his life. He was very sure of the Gentile inclusion he was very unaffected by the exclusivity of the Jewish, you know, mindset, their rigid laws and exclusion of Gentiles. He was very sure that this was God's new desire and heart for him and for him to follow, to bring them to, to, uh, into the fold, so to speak.
1: Exactly. And Peter got that revelation, you know, that vision of the great sheet with all the unclean animals and so forth. He, real, he got the revelation to, to, to God got the revelation to Peter that He says I should call no man common or unclean. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So the inclusion of the gender. This gospel is for everybody. And what, what Paul said in He says I make in Galatians uh, one eleven and 12, but I make known to you brethren that the gospel which was preached by me is not according to man, for I neither received it from man nor was taught it, but it came. How did it come?
0: Mm-hmm. Through
1: the revelation of Jesus Christ.
0: Yes. yes. So the revelation is allowing Paul to speak, uh, to reveal the mysteries, make people see what is the fellowship of the mystery, which from the beginning of the ages was hidden in God who created all things through Jesus Christ, that now this wisdom is being made known by the church. He's now including the church and pulling us up into an area of warfare made known that the mysteries of God may be made known to the principalities and powers in the heavenly places, according to the eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. So God had an eternal purpose for all of this in addressing even the mutiny of the fallen angels. And so, and he finally says the prayer for Revelation. For this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 14, from whom the whole family in heaven and on earth is named, this is Revelation, that he may grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with might through his Holy Spirit in the inner man, that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the width and length and depth and height, to know the love of Christ, which passes knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Now, to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly, above and beyond all that you can ask, think according to the power that works in us to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus through all ages world without end amen this is a magnificent prayer this is a this takes everything into consideration the beginning the middle the end the outcomes everything every group every every, uh, every genre of created beings so Lord we just thank you again for your inclusion of us all of us into the mysteries of the truth and the fullness of the revelation of Jesus Christ and for us And for each one today, we pray for that revelation of Jesus Christ in their life, wherever they need the light of your truth, Father God, and that the darkness will flee, the lies will be exposed, and they will cast them off for your glory and for their good. And for all of us, Father, we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.
1: Thank you for increasing that revelation to us, Lord. We need to know you. Give us your wisdom. Give us your grace. Give us your enlightenment. That we might open our eyes to Jesus and to what we are called to do and who we are called to be in these days. We ask it, Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen.
0: Thank you for joining us.
1: a war for your soul.